the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Welcome to the Situation Report today. Very glad to have you joining the conversation. This is the show where we do our very best to give you the information and perspectives you need to navigate an ever-changing culture. My name is Jeremy Stonlicker. I am your host today and excited for the interview that you are about to hear. Uh, Our guest today, Tho Bishop, has been on this show several times, and uh, I I love talking with Tho because he has such a good mind on what's happening in the world and such an articulate, clear way of explaining it. Uh, When we talk about having the right perspectives on what's happening, it's hard to settle on the right perspective. Tho is an economist and uh, such incredible work with the Mises Institute. Uh, Again, we've talked about this often, uh, but today we're going to talk about a lot of the other stuff that's going on in our world. We talk a lot about Florida. He's from Florida. Uh, Some of the things that Governor DeSantis has done that needs to be modeled or followed by governors and leaders across the country. Um, uh, Other aspects and insights we need to get a hold of if we are going to move forward, vote right, have an impact in our communities, and uh, very grateful to share this conversation with you. It is great to have back on with us today, Tho Bishop, and uh, Tho's been a guest uh, several times on the Situation Report. He is the assistant editor for the Mises Wire, has served as deputy communications director for the House Financial Services Committee, writes and speaks on the economy, government, and culture, and most of the time we've talked about the economy, but uh, Tho, I was just mentioning, there's so much going on in the world right now, we might meander a little bit and (laughs) try to explore some of it, but thanks for coming on, man, really appreciate it. Always an honor to join you guys. Uh, let's, uh, let's start with this. So scrolling through your Twitter feed, as I, uh, sometimes do, um, you have a, a quote pinned there right now. It's a quote from Hans Hermann Hopp. Even if we do not see our ideas triumph during our lifetime, we will know and be eternally proud that we gave it our all and that we did what every honest and noble person had to do. Um, that's a great quote. It, it's also a little bit, um, depressing. <laughs> because sometimes uh, I think that's how I feel. Maybe a lot of people feel that way is we don't know how this thing's going to turn out, but we need to do our, our very best in the process. Uh, what, is that, what does that quote mean to you or kind of the philosophy that underlies that? Well, and I, I have attached with that quote a old photo uh, right down the road from where I live in Panama City Beach. And it is an image of a time that no longer exists. Um, you know, my, my hometown um, you know, we've always kind of been the uh, the travel destination, you know, amongst mm. the southeast. It's kind of the Redneck Riviera yeah. like in Panama City Beach. Yeah. yeah. And and yet over time, kind of these these old local landmarks became corporatized. Right. You know, we, we've had so much economic you know, subsidized through you know monetary policy and things like this, different government policies that the idea of a, a small tourist town that mm. really cared about kind of local history and, and local community has given yeah. away to, again, this, this very much a sort of corporate behemoth. 
And, and yeah. so that, that is my own sort of trying to localize these issues because it, it's easy to talk in kind of lofty ideas about you know, liberty in the abstract or ideas in the abstract. But ultimately what we have to be talking about, I, I think what really matters is the stories that our families have. It's the stories that we pass on to our children. Mm. It is the, the culture and the values, right? We, we want our offspring to, to remember us fondly. We want them to, to share this, this legacy that we have all obligations to build upon yeah. each generation. And I, I think that a lot of the problems we have in America is that we've become very atomized, very indiv individualized. Tradition has given way to, to you know, pure commercial factors or ideological factors. Um, I, this is why they're trying to take away sports, I think, is a big way, right? You college mm. sports, particularly in the South, is, is very tradition-building. And so it, it is something that we've lost a great deal of. And what I'm encouraged by, though, is that in spite of how dark these times are, or in spite of all the forces, both domestic and foreign, that are trying to, to change this aspect of American life, I'm very encouraged that we seem to have, particularly on the right, a renewed sense of purpose and seriousness on how do we actually attack the underlying causes that have brought this into being and, and how can we fight back to actually – instead of us c continuing to lose these battles, how can we yeah. actually start getting wins? And again, I, I think that this is why I, I'm very proud to be a Florida man um, because I think nobody embodies that better uh, than the great Governor Ron DeSantis. There's an entire new economy being created right now filled with patriotic companies that have had enough of cancel culture and the left. One, you can support every day, and all you have to do is get dressed. I'm talking about under-tack boxers. These have to be the greatest boxers ever made, probably because they have literally been tested by special forces operators. They're made with high-quality material that's antimicrobial, anti-pilling, and moisture-wicking, so you stay fresh and dry all day day long. They come with a sturdy yet comfortable waistband that doesn't crack or loosen. Undertack is durable, ultralight, and shrink resistant. Here's the best part. They're almost 30% less than the woke designer brands with the non-binary models. Go to getundertack.com. That's getundertack.com. Right now, when you buy three, get one free, but only with the offer code SITREP20. SITREP20. Support a great American company that's pro-America, pro-Second Amendment, and pro-military. Satisfaction guaranteed or your money back. GetUndertack.com. That's GetUndertack.com. Offer code SITREP20. Yeah, how do we, how do we get back to some of those, uh, I won't say small town, small town ideals. Uh, it's funny, so I'm, I'm 46 years old, which means I was basically raised... Grew up in the 90s, basically, the last part of the 80s, so I think fondly to some of those times. Um, but when the world seems to get out of control, I try to find a good episode of the Andy Griffith Show or something like that, you know, small town Americana where people cared about each other and um, they were much more concerned about helping their neighbor than what was going on in the world. And it seems like right now, even people who care about that are spending all of their time focused on you know, national politics and what's happening, you know, around the world. And we're screaming about so many things and not really making a difference, I think, where we are locally. How do we get back to that? Or maybe we are moving that direction. Maybe that's what you mean when you uh, talk about what we're doing uh, kind of on the conservative side. But how do we get back to that? How do we refocus to those things that are actually important with all the noise going on around us? Well, th this is kind of the double-edged sword of the, the sort of, you know, modern 
you know, Wi-Fi world that we're living in, right? Yeah. That it is easy, you know, the, the communities that particularly, you know, millennials and, and the you know, Zoomers and those are after, um, you know, the sense of community we have, you know, it's, it's in message boards or, you know, the Twitter group chat or yeah. video game communities, right? Mm. And, and, you know, there is an aspect of that we're great right? We can interact with people we've never interacted with before. We can engage with yep. ideas that maybe you now find in our local library, right? You know, th- th- it's not all bad, right? I-, I think it's very easy to take a, a nihilistic yeah, you know, right, Ted Krasinski right. sort of outlook that you know, every, every part of the <laughs> right. industrial revolution, right, has been a disaster for man- mankind. I-, I don't think that is right either. Um, but I-, I think we-, we have to actively work at not falling into the trap of doing these sort of almost easy escapism. Right. And I think what the left has been very good at, right, is that the left has an army full of people whose sense of higher purpose internally is infiltrating your local school board. It's Mm. infiltrating your HOA. It's Mm. infiltrating um, these these institutions that really have a great say on what goes on in our day to day life. And yeah. it's because politics is their god, right? You know, they they they, they don't want to go yeah. out and grill, yeah. right? Oh, that's bad for the environment, right? You know, the, the, you know <laughs> tofu doesn't doesn't go well on the grill. Right. So, so you know, and, instead, their pastime is the political. And conservatives, our 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 fault has been our strength is that, you know, what we care about is living our lives, right? We we don't want to be thinking in a political world constantly. This is why the left has been able. To, lev- to, to organize en masse political pressure to take over almost every single major institution in the country, ranging mm. from you know, not only the government and the bureaucracy, but higher churches, um, uh, you know, universities are obvious, et cetera, corporate power, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. They are, they're motivated by this. And I think what we need to do is get, getting involved within you know, local infrastructure. And, and it can be as little as getting involved in your local Republican Party, right? If, if we have a lot of young people out there watching this show, if, if you're able to take over your, your local Republican Party's social media account, you can change the way that the Republican Party is communicated within your community in ways that can kind of help shape the narrative. Yeah. Um, I've been able to have some success with that here in Bay County. Um, getting involved again, in the school board issue in particular, if, if nothing else, filling space so they can't be taken over by left-wing activists right, that want right. to force you know, gender affirmation, you know, affirm, <laughs> affirmation policies within conservative areas. I live in a plus 43 Trump County. Mm. The head of our uh, school health advisory committee is a literal trans activist. Right? Right. That shouldn't happen in an area like this. And so we yeah. have to, I, I think, get, get, get off a little bit off of Twitter. This doesn't mean we have to you – know, again, we don't have to throw away all of our apps. right? We, we can still engage with in fun, <laughs> but we cannot lose focus right. on what matters. And of right. course, and another part of that is just simply living those those values. You know, you're getting to know your neighbor, um, um, creating good friend group, um, and and again, making sure that the ties that we have are not simply virtual, but they are physical in the real world. And again, the, who you surround yourself with on a daily basis, I think, is going to have a lot of well being. Particularly for those younger out the, those younger people out there, that will help shape your future paths more than anything else. Yeah, that's good. I, I like that too, because I think it's a long-term solution. I feel like we're still at a time coming out of the 2020 election where there are a lot of people who are hoping for a Hail Mary. Something crazy is going to happen that's going to change the the power dynamic, and we're going to get right back to where we were pre-COVID or whatever. And, And it seems to me 
that there are a lot of people that are hoping for that while not getting involved in their community, not getting involved in, uh, I, I mean, I, I've been a proponent of getting, and I'm not on my HOA board, but <laughs> I'm always pushing other people to get on their HOA board because I think that's important. That's a place to start. Um, do you think some of that is, is changing? Are we moving away from this? Let's just hope something crazy happens that gets us back. Are people starting to focus more on, you know, some of these uh, I would say this level that we can control what happens. Are people focusing more there? I think it's happening on some levels. Again, you know, none of this happens overnight. There are no silver bullets to any of this. I think that you've seen it with the increased interest, particularly in school board elections, mm. um, you know, with, with education policy yep. driving the Virginia election last year. Um, you know, Governor DeSantis had a great amount of yep. success flipping. You know, Sarasota County in Florida, um, you know, it went from being a 3-2 liberal-dominated uh, school board to being, I, I believe, a four-one conservative one, and, and just this week, prior to uh, this, this past weekend, prior to those new school board me- board members going on, I mean, they're they literally holding queer con, um, mm. targeting middle school students, mm. right? And so this is the way where you know you can stop that by getting involved yeah. at that sort of level. I think you also see it play out with the amount of attention um, I, I see out there for like Arizona's gubernatorial race I, I think ron DeSantis and his leadership has highlighted what can actually be done if you have that that strong figure within the governor's mansion i think you can c- kind of contrast this yep. with again texas was lagging behind on covid i mean utah in many ways has been a disaster because of who their governor yeah, is in right. spite of being a nominal right. republican right and so the more I, I think the more that you see republicans around the country being envious of what ron DeSantis has done for florida and increasingly looking for their own Ron DeSantis within their own state. Again, that, that's not taking it necessarily at the local level, but the state level, and that's a strong suit. Um, there, there is kind of a flip side of that, though, is that I know here in Florida there is a lot of, I think, creeping complacency because there's so much faith in what DeSantis yeah. has done. Yeah. Where I know we had primaries here in um, Florida you know, late in August. The turnout was very low. Here locally it was about 24%. Um, and so if, if you don't have – um, say, people that have been energized into politics because of Trump, because of COVID, because of new factors, right? If the only people that vote in the primaries are the people that have been voting in the primaries for 25 years, then don't be surprised when you have people at that state legislative level that resemble yeah. the Republican Party that has racked up a lot of losses um, you know, representing you. And so we, we need to take this sense of urgency. We, we need to appreciate the gains that are, that are being made, but you apply that sense of urgency and not into trying to pack it all into, oh, well, a president or a governor is going to come in, come in to save us, but instead trying to make sure that our, lo- our communities are represented by people that sound like us, people that share our values. And again, that is where – again, none of this was going to happen overnight. There, there's a process involved with it. I, you know, there, there's plenty of silver linings out there. But until we get to trending in the right direction to being in the right spot, um, we're, we're still going to have some unnecessary defeats during that pattern. But again, hopefully people are waking up to that. Hi, everyone. If you've been injured in an accident that was not your fault, listen up. We have legal professionals standing by to answer your questions for free. Call now and find out if you have a case and how much it's potentially worth. Call 800-702-5400. I'm here with spokesman John Wolfe. So, John, tell everyone listening who should call right now. Well, Maria, first off, thank you for having me here. It's always nice to answer the listeners' questions. Now, as far as who should call in, anyone who's been injured in an accident and think you deserve compensation, give us a call right now. 
800-702-5400. You'll find out if you have a case and how much it's potentially worth. Thanks, John. You heard it, folks. Take advantage of this opportunity and call now. 800-702-5400. Advertisement sponsored by Legal Help Center may not be available in all states. So Governor DeSantis has really provided an example of what strong leadership looks like, what it can do, the impact that it can have on a state. And you just mentioned that. One of the frustrating things for me as a conservative and someone who votes you know, most of the time as a Republican um, is that Republicans talk the right talk. They say mm-hmm. the right things. But unlike Governor DeSantis, they rarely take the right actions. They're afraid. I don't know what it is. I want to call it fear. I don't know them, so I can't, I guess, say that. But um, they're not taking the game to the other team as the Democrats do to us. I mean, and they don't, the liberals do not seem to care who's on the other side. They're playing the game. They're playing to win. They're going to do whatever they have to to win. And Republicans, unlike Governor DeSantis, traditionally have not done that. Even right now aren't doing that on some of these issues. Uh, Some of these crazy issues, wins that are happening, they're absolutely silent. Uh, What is it going to take to energize the right, if anything? And I know you mentioned that kind of on the downstream to the voter, but even those in, in the House and in the Senate and those who are elected leaders, when will they stand up and start to actually lead. Before we jump into that, though, um, I would imagine if you've been to the grocery store recently, you've noticed that things are more expensive. Gas is more expensive. It doesn't matter where you live in this country. Things are more expensive. The economy, our economic future is uncertain. And we have to ask ourselves the question, what is it that we can do to protect our financial future for our families, for our children, what can we do personally? Uh, one of the things I would recommend is at least considering uh, adding gold and silver into your IRA, your investment accounts. Take a look, figure out how to do that, and see if that is the right fit for you. The place that you can start is with Lear Capital. Call Lear Capital, and you can get their free precious metals investor guide. You can also ask them about their Lear Advantage IRA that lets you transfer or roll over your old 401k or IRA into a gold and silver tax advantage IRA. Plus, Lear is offering right now crazy shipping, uh, free shipping, and up to $15,000 in bonus gold or silver with a qualified purchase. This is something you at least need (laughs) to take a look at. You can call for details, 800-489-6450. Lear Capital is the most rated precious metals company on consumer affairs with a near-perfect rating on Trustpilot. Call them at 800-489-6450. That is 800-489-6450. Calling that number, you will get your free kit, and there you will learn how gold has performed during periods of inflation, government debt, interest rate hikes, economic crashes, even wars, and how in all of those gold has been the financial bedrock asset in portfolios. Uh, One of the things I love about Lear Capital is that they are an American-owned company, proud to do business with Americans that share conservative values. Write this number down, 800-489-6450. Call them today, or if you don't want to call, you can click the link below in the show description and the show notes. Check them out. You will do yourself a great service by at least investigating Lear and what they have to offer. They have an example. They know what can happen when it happens. They know how people will respond to strong leaders. When will they start to lead, or what will that take? 
the problem is for a very long time, the Republican Party has effectively served as controlled opposition, and, and they're controlled yeah. not yeah. not explicitly by the left or or you know you know or anything like that, but they're controlled by corporations. They're controlled mm. by the Chamber of Commerce. They're, they're they're controlled by this this very I think self destructive, self defeating idea that whatever that that big business represents capitalism, free markets, whatever their sort of vague notions of Reaganite economic policy is, right? Yep. And so therefore, if corporations want culturally left agenda items or else they're not going to move to your state, well, then golly gosh darn, what will you have us do? We can't turn down those jobs, which of course tend to be people relocating to that state. Yeah. This has been a big problem in Texas, which then changes the political makeup of Texas, right? Right. What, what has really set Governor DeSantis apart, and, and let's say contrast him with, say, someone like Brian Kemp. And I'm not going to try to take shots at Brian Kemp over the election. That's kind of, uh, um, you know, that's 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 a, a distraction from the underlying point here. You know, if you look at COVID, for example, Brian Kemp opened up Georgia before Ron DeSantis did after lockdowns, right? So credit Kemp for that. Yep. yep. What made Florida so effective? What made DeSantis a true leader on COVID was not him reversing the lockdowns that he put in place with great amount of pressure from the Trump administration and. Again, I, I think a big part of that is when you're dealing with a one of the oldest states in the country, right? COVID hits differently. Yeah. You need to sure. there. What made him different, though, was two things. For one, he clawed back local powers um, and, and, and increasingly over time. So it started off by kind of eliminating the penalties and fines at local uh, – that, that you know, the, the city of Tampa or Orlando yeah. were placing on people that weren't masking up, right, or, yeah. or weren't locking down. And then going full out to explicitly banning – any citywide restrictions that are COVID related. Um, whereas, you know, you go to Georgia, you know, you go to the city of Atlanta, right? City of Atlanta was able to have a very different type of policy relative to, you know, what the rest of the state wanted, right? The other side of though, and the more important one was him going after, again, this corporate influence. And this was a bit on display, particularly with his um, reigning back on the vaccine mandate for jobs. Yeah. And yeah. you had you had leaders yeah. within the Florida Republican legislature going to the Florida Chamber of Commerce and mocking the idea that, oh, if, if you have employees thinking that we're going to allow them to dictate their terms of employment with their employer, mm. well, then they're going to have another thing coming. Yeah, like, this was you know, they, they, they were flaunting this publicly. And yeah. then what happened is that Governor Santos went on Tucker Carlson's yeah. show and said, no, we're not simply talking about Biden's covid mandates, but we are talking about Disney's corporate mandates. Mm -hmm. And once he laid down the law and said, guess what? If you are a corporation in the state of Florida, then you're not going to be able to have this power either. That's when things started to change. And then he did it with, by banning vaccine passports, by him banning vaccine passports that really put a, a hitch in the entire attempt to, to make a national vaccine passport right. mechanism. Right. He, he's done it with um, right now it's in the courts, um, but trying to ban CRT training within corporate employee um, uh, orientations and things like that. Obviously, he handled Disney after they tried to yep. after they vowed to use their financial resources to repeal um, the the parental rights and education bill. Right. So, what, what has made DeSantis a different figure has been precise, precisely his willingness to punch corporation and corporate power yeah. right in the face. There's libertarians that have had objections to this. What I would argue they fail to recognize is the extent to which our economic system – again, we are not a free market system. As we've talked about in the past, the world yep. the Federal Reserve plays in subsidizing the consolidation of corporate power, which no longer makes the market about serving customers or providing value or innovating, but rather your proximity political power. If your political orientation is 
that, oh, well, we can't have any sort of influence on what these private corporations doing the state's bidding are doing, then you're not protecting liberty. And I think it's taken a while, but Republicans, I think, are slowly, slowly yeah. shifting on this narrative. I think some of that is the popularity of DeSantis. But the problem is, is that so long as you have you know, Republican national leadership, you think of the Kevin McCarthy's in the world, you think of yep. the Mitch McConnell's, if yep. their top priority – and this is not irrational to be concerned about, but if their top priority is getting money from Google, right, or these big corporations that have different agendas rather than it is representing your Republican Party, at, at a certain point, I, th I think primary battles are where voters can make the biggest difference. Sometimes you have this very difficult situation, though, where if, if the choice is a Democrat who is, you know, by definition at this point in time, Bad, you know. There's, there's, I, you know, I don't think, know if there's any good Democrats out there anymore. Unfortunately, there used to be, yeah. Yeah. Um, or allowing a really bad Republican to lose and try to take that seat, you know, a little bit out. There's many occasions where, you know, I would rather, uh, you know, allow a, a a vulnerable Republican be replaced through that process. Uh, particularly if you're looking at the numbers game, right? If we've got some, some, you know, if, if, it's, if it's not like a Georgia Senate sort of situation yeah. where it's a complete yeah. control, I think these are very valid. You know, Republican voters should not feel that they are obligated to vote for a party and, and politicians that don't represent them. And you yeah. know, we have to make Republican yeah. politicians you know, interested in actually giving a damn about what their local voter truly cares about. And again, that, that's, that's require inserting a, a bit of force. Um, and again, I, I think you, you have a lot of Republicans wanting to be DeSantis. Maybe his model will shake things up. The amount of success that he's had I think is changing the way that they're calculating. I mean, you look at Ron DeSantis' war chest. He's, he has $100 million more than Charlie Crist. You know, right, so this concern right. about you can't raise money and do your job. Yeah, right. I think right. it's being and, – and again, it, it, it takes – we have a lot of cowards in politics, right? And so it takes people to break the mold and to show success in creating a new model for people to, to feel comfortable doing it down the road. I mean I, I think Trump had a very similar impact, and there would have been no DeSantis without Trump, right? And so the more that we have people that are willing to break the mold and set a yep. trend and show success doing it, I think that creates opportunities for these, let's call them lesser men, um, to follow their wakes hmm. and, and, and follow a winning example. When we look at uh, Ron DeSantis, a lot of people, I think, take the position that um, everything he's doing is political. It's all a political stunt. There has to be something behind it that's not real. And I think we've we've <laughs> rightfully so, become very cynical of politicians. Um, the the proof of what he's done, obviously, is in so much of what's happened in Florida in the last year or so. Um, what are some things about Ron DeSantis that that is outside of maybe the left's characterization of him, uh, outside of mainstream media's characterization of him? What are some things about him that you, as someone who supports him and you're in Florida and you talk about this, that you wish other people knew or that normal people knew? And, and, and maybe some of those things would empower Republicans who are coming up. What are some things we don't know about him that we need to know about him? Well, it's been an interesting dynamic for me because I, I come from a very libertarian space, right? You know, I, the idea of actually being proud of, you know, who my political representation is was completely <laughs> foreign to me before, you right, know, right, you right. know, 2020 from in many ways. Um, I, what has always impressed me the most and what really started to, you know, I, I went from being, okay, well, DeSantis is the, the, less, the least worst Republican option yeah, right, as governor, right. which was kind of why I was a big supporter of him in 2018. Right. I, I hated the guy he was running against. Um, it was the way he started using language, actually. Mm. Um, you know, he started talking about the corporate press rather than the mainstream press. Um, he started talking about the biomedical security state. He started talking about scientific studies. And what you, what I started to appreciate was 
golly gosh darn, it turns out this Harvard-Yale guy is actually smart. <laughs> and and I, I think what makes DeSantis different is that he is intellectually curious enough to actually read deeply in these things and continues to do so in power. And I, I think, for example, a good, good counterexample is like Ted Cruz. I, yeah. think, I think young Ted Cruz I, – I think if, if you're going to chart the IQ of Republican senators, Ted Cruz – would, would probably be the leader of, of that group. Sure. I think Mike Masters sure. might give him run for his money when he wins, mm-hmm. but neither here nor there. And, and I think that, that he was someone who really read and, and really versed in the classics. And then you watch Ted Cruz talk today, and whether it is him intentionally talking down to people or it is him just kind of getting soft in D.C., and again, I'm, I'm not beating him up over it, you know, just by extension, he, doesn't, like, you know, he, he says really stupid things, even when he's trying to be like based and conserved. Like he, 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 he gets really sloppy. Mm. What is... Remarkable to Sanders is how disciplined he is, and I think that comes from him taking this stuff seriously. I, the, the confidence that he had doing the COVID stuff, it simply wasn't kind of a gut reaction to right. – because it was very unpopular. Again, particularly when you consider you know, Miami and the villages and some of these big you know, pockets of, of retired people. Yeah. You had Republicans. I have a great aunt in Miami. She's 97 years old. She hates taxes as good as any libertarian, but she was terrified to death because of yeah. COVID, from, yeah. you know, because that's all the media was telling her to. Right. And DeSantis took it upon himself to say, no, we're, we're not only going to open up, but we're going to punch these people right in the face. Fauci is wrong. He's wrong in the science. And, mm. and it's because he, he invested into that. Um, you know, in, in a way that really only like Rand Paul, who himself is a medical doctor, has gone like intellectually toe to toe with. Yeah. And so the intellectual side of DeSantis is something that I find um, to, to be remarkable. And I, I think it's coupled with a genuine faith. Um, you know, uh, Thomas Carlyle is this very interesting British historian. He talks about these, these great kings. And the, the two examples he kind of highlights are, are both kind of revolutionary kings. One is Napoleon Bonaparte and one is Oliver Cromwell. And he identifies that, that Napoleon brought order back to revolutionary France, and he was very opportunistic um, with his kind of appreciation for religion. But it was him reinstalling religion in what had become an atheistic hellhole of, of the reign of terror yeah. right, that brought yeah. order back to France, and he did, uh, should be committed for it. He said, yeah. but the better man was Oliver Cromwell, who was a genuinely devout Christian and did not use religion in an opportunistic way and instead was perfectly content on being a farmer but took on this fight um, during the British Civil War because he thought it was necessary yeah. um, in the eyes of God. And I, I think that you can see this on display with Trump, where Trump has provided perhaps the greatest victories for the Christian right that we've seen, you know, particularly with the Roe v. Yeah. Wade decision. Interesting. I, I, yeah. I, think, I think Trump recognizes the, an alliance and a genuine friendship with the Christian right, but you know, I, I don't think he is you know, necessarily a, right. you know, a, 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 a devout you know, Christian man that, that drives sure. all of his worldview. I think Ron DeSantis <laughs> right. is. And, and I think that also goes to the confidence and strength that he has in taking these positions. I think he is generally motivated by a true sense of morality um, that, that makes, say, like the school issues, the, 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 the gender ideology stuff, the, the, the mutilation and sterilization of children yeah. that the state is pushing. He leans in those positions not only because they are political and opportunistic, but because they're right. Yeah. And that is something that conservatives have been so scared of defending positions that are so obviously right because they've lacked the courage to do so. And DeSantis, again, showing how courage actually benefits you politically. MyPillow is having their biggest sheet sale of the year. You all have helped build MyPillow into the amazing company that it is today. Now, Mike Lindell, inventor and CEO, wants to give back exclusively to his listeners. The Percale and Giza Dream bed sheet sets are available in a variety of colors and sizes, and they are all on sale for as low as $29.98 with our listener promo code. 
Order now, because when they're gone, they're gone. The Percale and Giza Dream Sheets are breathable and have a cool, crisp feel. They come with a 10-year warranty and a 60-day money-back guarantee. Don't miss out on this incredible offer. There's a limited supply, so be sure to order now. Call 1-800-870-0283. Use the promo code SITREP or go to MyPillow.com, click on the radio listener square, and use promo code SITREP. Can he hang on to that? And you mentioned Senator Cruz. Um, I, I, I like Ted Cruz. Um, he's been a supporter of the organization that you know that I work for. But I completely concur with your analysis in that he has changed over the years. And once in a while, you'll see a, a spark. We saw one this last week. You'll see a spark of the old Ted Cruz, and he's in there swinging. But then, you know, he he, he comes back to the political Ted Cruz. Uh, can Governor DeSantis hold? That and and I, I don't mean that he would walk away from his faith or even right. his his manner of character, but it seems that politicians become more political as time goes on, and particularly when they're elevated to different places in in the system. Can he maintain where he is? Well, nothing is certain, and again, you know, I, we should always kind of be betting against people in power maintaining yeah. kind of right. their, their integrity sure. for, I'm sure. unfortunately that's the way history goes thank but you for that also, very positive outlook very positive right, right. <laughs> but, but, but here's, here's the promising thing though is that what history shows though is that while the tendency is for power to corrupt i, I disagree with lord acton it does not always corrupt right history sure. is marked yeah, sure. by great men that can take that, that, that are up to the task right. that history puts on their shoulders that's good and there is nothing that Sa- DeSantis has showed me particularly as governor that has that that again. If, if you're going to bet on someone right now, there's no one in the national landscape I would bet over Ron DeSantis. Right, and, and so like, that, that's all you can ask for is someone that you you can have in good faith, have some confidence that he's up for the task. Yeah, and, and I I think that you know one of the things that encourages me is that the way that he went about the the COVID response, it was not just simply him you know, individually reading scientific decisions. Is that he recognized the inherent corruption. <laughs> of the entire federal public health apparatus. Mm. You know, he, he caught out Fauci for being a fraud, not simply being misguided, but being yep. a fraud. Yep. He, he's attacked the, the corruptive aspects of the systems that are in place and have been in place for a very long time. And so when you consider the big at- challenges that we face as a nation at the federal level, they aren't simply specific policy areas. They are entire systems, right? Trump had, I think, very good instincts on foreign policy or a or, 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 uh, uh, you know, the, the security states and things like this. He couldn't act on them mm. because he didn't have kind of a holistic approach. Mm. He thought his, kind of, his force of personality yeah, that's would, good. would kind that's of good. push things through. What you have to do is you have to clean out these bureaucracies, right? Yeah, uh, DeSantis has brought in his, his knack for talent in surrounding himself with not only like-minded individuals, but extraordinarily talented like-minded individuals like Joseph Latipo as the uh, 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 Surgeon General, like Christina Pushaw, who, you know, as, as DeSantis' press secretary was actively shaping the narrative faster than the, narrative, than the media could shape it, right? Yeah. Um, you know, he, he has such an incredible knack for talent evaluation. And I think if we're going to change the structure of government at the federal level, like if, 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 you're, if you ask me for like an outline for like how do we win, well, we need a DeSantis-like figure in every red state with, with you know, strong governors pushing back against corporate and federal tyranny. And at the yeah. federal level, we have to actively declaw 
the size of the federal government, which means, again, things at an economic level, breaking up federal spending and block granting mm-hmm. it out to states so that they their state capitals can divvy it up. You know, ideally, we'd be reversing that spending, but let's not get too crazy, right? Right. I mean, <laughs> for that, but break <laughs> right. it up, right? Um, and, and we also need to reform. We need to purge the bureaucracy. We need to shrink the positions. We, we need to move these positions outside of D.C. and you know, put the Department of Interior in Wyoming, right? And let's see how many D.C. yuppies yeah, want to move right. to Wyoming, right? right? Let's, let's really right. trust their commitment to public service, right? Sure. We have to break sure. structurally these institutions of power that have accumulated over a century of really progressive revolution in this country. And again, I, I, if, if, if you're going to ask me what is the one Republican that can think on that level, Ron DeSantis would be my guy. And so, again, you know, may, may, you know, he, he might not be the man. Um, yeah. But but he's the man that I'm betting on right now, and I'm very encouraged that you know, as time goes on, no matter how high my expectations get, he continues to surpass them. And I mean, that's all I can possibly ask for from an elected representative. No, that's right. And that's great analysis, too. I, I was having a conversation this last week about President Trump, and you know, the conversation was incredible president, did things that no one has done or hasn't done in a very long time, the man we needed at the hour. Mm-hmm. Um, we'd love to see him be president again. But his Achilles heel was the people around him or were the people around him. And um, I have taken the position that President Trump, as a patriot, looks at other people, other Americans, and concluded, we may not see this the same way or understand this the same way, but our goal is the same. Our goal is a better America, a freer America, you know, the Constitution, more liberty. And he was mistaken in that. The people around him didn't believe that. They wanted to reshape America. And, uh, yeah, the, the right people around you, that, that to me is, is exactly the difference between someone who will succeed and someone who is going to be, uh, man, you know, President Trump is as wonderful as he was. It was like he had a weight tied to him the entire time he was in office and still, he's still dragging a lot of that along with him. Um, yeah, that's great analysis. I, I think you're exactly right. Personnel's policy. And and again, my personal perspective, I want to have four years of Trump and then, you know, eight years of DeSantis, right? So I, I'm not saying, you know, you know I, 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 much, I, would, I would much prefer, particularly as a Floridian, yeah, I, you know, DeSantis sure. is, is, is a young guy. I, I, you know, let him have four more years in Tallahassee, yeah, four more years in Tallahassee yeah. and then two yeah. years um, doing nothing but running. You know, his children will be older. I think that would be better all around. Like, that's what I want. And I, I think there's also power that can be had by having a, 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 a term-limited president to kind of do some of the nasty stuff that you don't want to do if you're running yeah. for re-election. I kind of yeah, like that right. as, as well. To, to Trump's credit, um, I, I think that you saw at the very end of his administration, and again, it's it's, a, it's frustrating that it didn't happen earlier. But again, nobody thought Trump was going to win in 2016. Yeah, right. right like, sure. You know, sure. He, he, yeah. Trump was. A, I, Trump I don't think he thought before, he was going to win. <laughs> Trump came before the world was ready for, which was which right. was uplifting and important and, and incredible. Sure. But you know, uh, uh, since then, there's been a number of organizations that have propped up precis- pre- precisely for the purpose of getting good talent, conservative partners. Um, uh, which is a, an organization headed by Jim DeMint. They're doing a lot of great jobs to make sure that, you know, both the Trump administration when it was in, in, in D.C. and kind of America First Republican offices are full of people that actually believe in the cause, right? They, they yeah. don't actually hate yeah. the people that put Trump in yeah. power, right? right. So I think they've gotten better about that. I think the memo that came out a few months ago about Trump's plan on purging 50,000 bureaucrats um, by, by rebranding the, um, the, the classification of their employment, right? These are steps that are coming out already from Trump world that show, I think, a, a, a substantive plan that they've developed since leaving um, that, that gives me hope. And again, I, I, so yeah. again, you give me 12 years of that, and then we, can make, we have the opportunity to make real change. Right. The, the other exciting thing, though, if, if we're looking for opportunities is, you know, one of the people that, that I find really fascinating right now is Rick Scott. 
Um, I was at the National Conservative event recently. Ron DeSantis killed it. One of the big talking points was how much better he was as a speaker than Rick Scott. Um, but, but that's okay, right? <laughs> Speaking is not Rick Scott's forte. Right. But, but Rick Scott's right. forte is, is spending a whole lot of money and winning. Right. You know, he 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 was great at getting victories. He built his entire like parallel political apparatus within Florida politics, which is something mm. that if you're not from around here, you wouldn't really understand um, the kind of significance of. Right. And he would actually use that apparatus to go after legislators that weren't doing what Rick Scott wanted to do. Ideologically, he's not you know, there's plenty of times where I disagreed with him, but he was effective. He was efficient. What you have right now is this very interesting rivalry, this building up backlash between Mitch McConnell and Rick Scott. Mm. And so Rick Scott is going out of their way and helping all of the, the redheaded stepchildren that Mitch McConnell doesn't want to fund, right? All of these <laughs> Peter Thiel-backed candidates like Blake yeah. Masters, who's my favorite candidate out there, uh, people like J.D. Vance, um, yep. you know, these, these strong Republican Trump America First style Senate candidates that Mitch McConnell – Mitch McConnell would rather be – uh, minority leader right. than not yes. be majority leader in a Republican-controlled Senate. And I yeah. think he's sabotaging the cause. And I think you have people out there that are following along sabotaging that cause because they're terrified of people like Blake Masters. And so if you have, if you have the ability for Rick Scott to come in, let's say we have a 53-47 Senate, right? You don't need to win over 53 Republicans. All you need is four, five Republicans to stand together and say, mm. we're not going to support you, Mitch. And then they don't, he doesn't have the votes to win. Yep. Right. This is how they got rid of Boehner back in the day. Right. And so if you have the ability for someone like Rick Scott, who has, you know, he's, he's got the most important resource out there, which is a, a, a war chest, the ability to raise money. Right. Like that's that's the big responsibility a Senate majority leader has. Unfortunately, it's yeah. not policy. It's not ideology. It's that <laughs> Rick Scott is someone who has the ambition and the, and the means to actually put a meaningful challenge in McConnell. And if you can if you can get rid of someone like Mitch McConnell. Right. Or, or, or Kevin McCarthy, the, the impact that will have federally is huge and that opens up the door where you can actually have i think the opportunity for donald trump for ron DeSantis, whatever comes next that opens the door for so much more to be done and it's also interesting from a rick scott perspective because you know mitch mcconnell has arguably had far more impact on republican party politics than any republican president because he's held that position for a very long time right and right. so the impact of changing these leadership positions should not go understated. And again, we're in a unique opportunity where there's some really challenging things going on there that can get open up what can be done to, to you know, actually make the differences that we need. Uh, so I, I always love talking to you because you speak so clearly about these issues. You understand them so well. And I know part of that is because you're, you're very well studied. You read a lot. Um, even on your social media, you'll, you'll post articles and books and other things. What, what are some resources that you would commend to people to, to read to understand some of these bigger issues better, whether it's articles or uh, books that are particularly meaningful to you? I, I think a lot of why people are confused is because we just haven't studied enough and learned enough. What, where are some places people can go to, to learn and to understand and to vote right and to see things right and to kind of parse out what's happening? Well, my, my necessary plug is uh, Mises.org. Sure, of M-I-S-E-S.org. Uh, <laughs> right. We've got a lot of great content. Um, I'm going to have an article about the National Conservatism Conference coming up later today, which I think your viewers will find interesting. Also, what has government done to our money.com is a video series that I think the money mm. issue is one of the most underappreciated in politics out there. If you're concerned about the cultural decay of the country, if you're concerned about how these people can't have the power they have, the corporate consolidation aspect, money is such a big part of that. And it's it, we think about it as something very boring, but it's something so fundamental. Sure. Um, and if, if, if any of your listeners reach out to me on Twitter, I'll, I'll send them a, a great new economic primer to kind of thinking like an economist, right. which I, th I think kind of helps de-bamboozle what the regime's trying to push. Yeah, but beyond great. that, though, what I found particularly enlightening is, is spending time in history, 
right? We, we can talk about theory as much as you want. Mm. What I find particularly interesting of late is the history of revolution. Mm. Um, there's a great podcast by Mike Duncan called uh, the Revolutions Podcast. Uh, don't follow him on Twitter. Some of his political takes are a little cringy, but that's fine. <laughs> Still does great work. Yeah. Um, he also has a great book called The Storm Before the Storm, which was kind of looking at like pre-Caesarian Roman politics, which mm. has a lot of interesting overlap. And so the more that I spend time in history, the more that it challenges my own theoretical worldview, right? It, yeah. it, it makes me have to force the ideas in my head with kind of the ground that's, hap- that's before us, right? And that's yeah. been something that's really rewarding. And again, so I, I find figures like Hamilton, or like, like, like Alexander Hamilton, whose ideas I disagree with strongly, people like Napoleon, who has plenty of cr- criticisms, the opportunity that they had rising up and making a difference and, and shaping the historical narrative yeah. in a way that makes them you know, you know, unforgettable, yeah. th- there's something about those figures, again, learning from where they did wrong, learning from what made them be the, what they are. That's something that, that challenges me forward and, and always pushes me kind of in the, the, the direction of self-improvement and, and uh, you know, never, never losing side of the fight. Because, again, the odds that we face, that they're great, um, but these guys have been facing things much yeah, larger than us. Right. So, again, that, that helps put us in perspective and kind of get outside of our own head sometimes, which can be a dangerous place. That's awesome. I, I think it gives hope, too. I, I try to take people back to historical figures and moments that were uh, arguably worse than what we're dealing with, and that gives us some hope that you can move forward through that. Um, though, thank you so much, man. I, I, we could talk all day. I have so many questions, which, which means uh, I'm going to invite you back on uh, again, but thank you for your perspectives, and uh, everyone needs to follow you on the Mises Institute. Anywhere else that you would like to push people to to follow you and the work that you do? Yeah, you can follow me on Twitter, at Tho Bishop, and if you listen to podcasts, uh, Radio Rothbard is the, the podcast I do for the Institute. Um, awesome. It's got a weekly podcast. We do kind of current events mainly. Uh, sometimes we go on some other tangents, but uh, Radio Rothbard on all major podcast platforms. Beautiful. Tho Bishop, thank you, man. Appreciate it. Thank you, Jeremy. Many of our veterans feel they need to fight their battles alone. This self-isolation has led to the staggering statistic of more than 20 veterans taking their lives every day. The mission of Mighty Oaks is to eradicate the veteran suicide epidemic and help our warriors change their legacies. We've been able to help over 4,000 veterans and first responders by equipping them with the tools they need to live the lives they were created to live. Our faith-based, peer-to-peer approach has one of the highest success rates of any program available today, offering hope and understanding to those who need it most. By aligning their lives to biblical principles, these men and women are able to lead their families, their communities, and our nation. It's your generosity that can make a difference in the lives of the men and women who have fought for our country and our freedoms. Now that they're home, don't let them fight alone. Learn more at MightyOaksPrograms.org. Again, always appreciate conversations with Tho. And uh, man, go check his stuff out. There are few people who get a hold of what's happening in our culture the way he does and are able to articulate it <laughs> the way that he can. Uh, I feel like I could just sit here and, and talk to him for hours, asking all the questions that I have. I've got like a suitcase full of questions all the time. I carry it around with me. Uh, but uh, uh, he does such a great job. Please go and check out the work that he does and uh, you'll be uh, helped in that process. If you're not yet subscribe to this podcast, please subscribe now, wherever it is you are listening from. Hopefully that is your favorite podcast platform. Subscribe so that you are aware of when this content comes out three times a week. New episodes are pushed out to you if you are subscribed. So go ahead and subscribe. Take some time then. Go over to YouTube. You can find our channel there, The Situation Report on YouTube. Subscribe. 
hit the notification bell. Once you've done that, leave us a comment and uh, we would love to connect with you there. Thank you once again for listening. Thank you for watching. If you are watching and we will talk to you next time. Star General Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.